Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes I wonder if God didn't mess up by showing up before Twitter. News cameras. Facebook Live. Like that God was born of a virgin 2,000 years ago as a plan delayed for thousands of years. He couldn't have waited for just a little bit longer so that everybody could see it. I'm serious. Like when they penned the scriptures, most folks couldn't read. All it. The stuff we see today, the arguing back and forth about what was and what just couldn't have been, what has been exaggerated, and what's been twisted around by the powers that be or what people couldn't understand back then because their minds were just so primitive so they just called them miracles. Just what folks wished would be. How much of that could have been avoided if God would have just like waited a little while? Video would have like, you know, totally convinced people about the miracles that we doubt. The apostles could have Snapchatted it. I mean, good. I'm serious. I figure it would help with the spread of the gospel. If God wants all people to come to the knowledge, the truth, that God became man, born of a virgin, to suffer on the cross, die, rise again, and ascend to sit at the right hand of the Father in order to return on the last day. If God wanted all people to know this truth, why not wait and do it at a time where knowledge is so much more accessible? There's a reason that we always seem to imagine the resurrection will be without cars and cell phones. Like somehow, on the last great day when everything is perfected, we'll actually be at a loss for all the technology that has saved countless lives. That's weird if you think about it. There's a reason that all the Christmas stuff that we do just genuinely seems incompatible with the time, so that if you actually really want to feel all Christmassy, you got to pretend that we live in simpler times, at least for like a month, even though December is very cold and all y'all really like indoor plumbing. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So we are called to believe that Christ was born of a virgin in the same way that we are called to believe that he will return on the last day, and that last day will be soon. You are called to believe this literally, not figuratively, and wholly on faith. But we live in a time where you wholly have to see something in order to believe it, and even if you don't like what you see, you just call it photoshopped. That way you don't have to believe it. So we figure... Our faith is safer if nobody sees it. I'm kind of glad Jesus didn't do miracles where it was on video. We kind of keep this thing tucked away because I wonder if deep down we're afraid it's not true all along. And we sort of ignore the fact that plenty of people saw Jesus do miracles, still didn't believe. We can make a point that Faith is not seeing, but what do you do with all the people who did see and then believed? And more, does your religion become somehow less valid if there is video evidence of it? True is true. False is false. As with anything in the whole wide world. Whether you've seen it or not, I've never actually seen China. But I take it on evidence that it does exist. Most of my stuff, I'm pretty sure, comes from there seen video evidence of it, but I've never been there. Still, I'm comfortable saying it's a real place. 
True is true, whether or not you've seen it. Faith is trust. Trust even in what you've heard from others. Because I haven't seen a virgin birth or even the resurrection, but that doesn't mean there weren't people who did both see and believe. And the reason that we know all this stuff in the first place is because those stories got told. We trust the evidence from those stories. Because why would those folks lie? Like, honestly, of the 12 apostles, all but one of them were killed in really, really gruesome and creative ways because they would not give up this truth that Christ is risen from the dead. Why would they lie? We believe that this stuff is actually grounded in reality. Our religion exists in history, not just in our hearts. And so your faith tells you that there will be a last day, and it is coming soon, but soon was supposed to be a really long time ago. And so we're given a parable. There's a wedding feast and some virgins, and some were wise and some were foolish, and the wise take plenty of oil and the foolish take none. But the thing is, the bridegroom takes way too long. And everybody falls asleep, wise and foolish alike. And before we even try and figure out who here is wise and who here is foolish, what the oil is, or how important it is, there is at least one thing everybody can seem to agree on. The bridegroom takes way too long to show up. The apostles did not expect 2,000 years to go by before Christ returned. All of us are tired. Plenty fall asleep. And I get that we have waited a long time. It has gotten late, and the times have changed so much that it is hard to imagine God in the flesh showing up in this kind of world, in our times. The call is to be prepared. But it is the last Sunday of the church year, and before we even start to deal with Advent, my tree is up, and y'all want to sing Christmas hymns. But if you are only skipping the end times altogether because you have a hard time believing Christ is coming again soon, because you would rather think in your hearts about going back in time 2,000 years so that you can be with baby Jesus, well, ultimately, isn't that just the fear that you're pretty sure God wouldn't have anything to do with right now? So you've got to somehow imagine your way back to him 2,000 years ago, which if you think about it, it's kind of foolish. The foolish virgins weren't foolish because they didn't do enough to prepare they were foolish because they didn't actually expect the groom to show up ever. The wise and foolish alike, everybody falls asleep. Prepared or unprepared, we're all overwhelmed by something here. Nobody manages down here on our own. But ready or not, the wise still expected that eventually Christ would return. And the foolish, they didn't actually think he would. They knew not his character either. The foolish virgins literally had more trust that the store would be open at midnight in a small town than the bridegroom who invited them in the first place would let them in without a lit lamp. That's ridiculous. So before we ever try and figure out whether or not you have enough, whatever, the faith, love, works, I don't know, to get to the resurrection, first ask, I mean, whether or not you actually expect Christ to return in the body in the first place to take you there. Do you hold this stuff at arm's length for a reason? Because we can all agree that it was great, this religion, in times before Instagram. The question is whether or not God is actually here now, in this world, with our problems and our sins and our understandings. 
where we just have to sort of settle for whatever is said about him by people who have never actually met him, and I guess maybe like the new iPhone and air conditioning, which is nice. There are a lot today who would rather number themselves among the faithful, but it's more of a wish from the heart than a belief in what was actually promised. There's a lot who go to church because they wish this stuff was true more than they actually believe that it is. And it's not that they don't want to believe it, it's just... It's hard to picture it. It's been a long time since Christ walked around in Galilee. And there's a lot of different stuff now, and things down here just look ugly and kind of absolute. And miracles are supposed to be breathtaking. And you know what? All the people involved with this place are all sinners anyway. I don't like it. The church does not stand on you dear brothers and sisters in Christ. It doesn't stand on what the world looks like. It stands on the character of God. Was he or was he not the God who came into a world even more dangerous than this one? To be carried by his parents into Egypt as Herod slaughtered every male child under the age of two. Did he not come into this world to suffer on a cross under Pilate, to be crucified for you and for sinners everywhere, to buy you back with his own life? Did he not purchase you with more than gold or silver? If he spent that much on you, that he would die for you, do you really think he'll forget about you now? But more, would he be with you even now all along the way? Even if it takes longer than any of us ever expected for God to come back, can we actually look to a God who will show up for us here and now to be with us day in and day out, even as he has promised to be? If you have a hard time finding God in the 21st century, start with where he's actually promised to be. Look to his word. Look to his sacraments. He promises, go into all nations, baptize them. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you to do in there. Lo, I will be with you always, even into the end of the age, so that when we look around in a world that has changed a lot since all the simpler times of the scriptures, we can still find God exactly where he said he would be, helping sinners, Carrying us through this valley of the shadow of death, with or without cell phones. Carrying us one day at a time towards glory in the waters of baptism which seal us as his child. In doing all that he has commanded us to in eating and drinking at the very marriage feast which he promises to invite those people to in the first place. That we would eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins to tie us into that very kingdom that we hope would come soon. Even here and even now, God is here just like he promised he would be. That we would eat and drink body and blood of the present God. That whatever else is going wrong in this world, we would not be overwhelmed. We would be prepared. We would be sealed into glory in such a way that ready or not, it doesn't even matter. Because God has not abandoned us. He has not forgotten about us. We are talking about the same God who gave his life to save yours. And that God would never be apart from you. But week after week gathers you here to be with you that we might take heart. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know when the last day is. Scripture calls it soon. I'm not going to try and predict it because I know from here on until whenever that is, the Lord is with us. The Lord is with you because the wedding feast is at hand. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds unto life everlasting. Amen.